Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're in episode number 125. My name is Craig Perales. This handsome fellow is Mandrew Montemayor. Today is March 18th. I gotta clarify, because the last episode, I for some reason I said February 3rd when we recorded, and because Dante called me out on it, he's like, you said the, the complete wrong date, so I got it written down that this is the correct date, so. Knowing me, I was probably just like, right you are, Ken. Yeah, I was like, well, Andrew didn't say anything, but. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is we did miss a week. Sorry if you guys, you know, hated us for it, but we did have a lot of people in town. We were kind of busy with a lot of different things. So, um, a big shout out though, if you guys celebrate 316 day, we just did that. And then yesterday was obviously St. Patrick's Day, which was a ton of fun. So bear with me because I, for one, and I can't speak for this man, but I, for one, am pretty hungover from last night's festivities. Dude, I've slept for like 24 hours straight and I'm still exhausted. Dude, yeah, last night was a throw up and wild. So I hope everyone did drink responsibly. Hope you had a fun week. Andrew and I are back for this week and moving forward, I was checking the calendar, checking the dates. I don't think anything's going to cause us to miss one, at least anytime soon. Yesterday was kind of a surprise one. You had family coming out of town. I had yeah, buddies from right, Vegas right. and Phoenix coming to town. Shout out to Chet. He popped up, you know, so it was just kind of like hang out with these guys and have some fun. Yeah, as far as I know, I don't have anything on, on the horizons. Oh, so um, quick shout out, guys. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and if you can, give us a share. If you guys are interested in following us on any social media, you guys can check out our link tree link that's in the description. And if you guys are listening to the audio version of this podcast, check out Anchor it will redirect you to all the other platforms if you want to listen on anything else. And give us a kind review. I don't think I ever mentioned that, but the more reviews, the better. It helps the algorithm. Hey, 10 seconds of your day could change 10 years of our life with just a quick share and a like. <laughs> uh, so, guys, we like to drink beers on the show. This week, actually, Andrew uh, selected it. This is the Asahi Super Dry. It's from Asahi Breweries. It is a Japanese lager. What's well, it? Lager Japanese rice at a 5% alcohol level. It is an active beer, so it is in circulation. Uh, the score from Beer Advocate is at a 65, which is a poor score. We don't see too many of those, but we, I mean, I really like these. I've always thought this was a very good beer, especially when we go out to like the steakhouses or anything like that around here. You do it with like a sake bomb normally is these are the, I've never had, I know the other big like popular beer I think too that hit the states is, and I see them out there too is like Sapo, it's like S-A-P-P-O or something like that, but never have I ever gone to like. Isn't that frog in Spanish? I have no clue, but <laughs> never have I ever gone to any of these like places around here and been like, hey, wait, let me get a sake bomb and like a beer or whatever. This is generally what is handed to me. I've never been handed the other brand. Well, I'm glad you got the bottle. I like. I mean, it's a nice big, it's a 21 fluid ounce. What made you, I don't know if I asked you earlier, what made you get this? It was just on your mind? It is always on your mind. We were supposed to do this sooner. So mm-hmm. this was supposed to be like right when we crossed 6,000 to celebrate. Mm. So now we're just celebrating the fact that we're even here doing a show. Yes, for you guys. So, dude, yeah, actually, I've been trying to like read it, but I mean, uh, it's, I mean, cause it's got a lot on there. It's like a whole, like it like completely describes like it's brewing, uh, and it's got a cool little quote on top. So I don't know if you guys are ever interested in giving us a beer as a suggestion, leave it down in the comments below. And if we can, we'll find it and we'll drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So before we get into our main story, we like to do what are you up to? When Andrew and I take a second to talk about what we've been playing, what we've been watching. So, Andrew, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? 
I personally have not been watching anything really too much. I do want to give a shout out to something I shared in our Facebook group the other day, though, because it makes me super nostalgic. They made a cool little video for it. It was mm-hmm. the 25th anniversary of Toonami. So I just want to give a shout out to that because Toonami, for most people, especially here in like America, I know as like it, now it's like a nighttime thing. But when I was a kid, that was like the noon block of Dragon Ball Z, Gundam, Sailor Moon. Zoid, Sailor Moon, everything like that. So that was the gateway show that got everyone, most people into anime. If I ever ask anyone, how'd you get into it? That's generally what it's from. But even still, when they moved it to the night block, that's what got me into like Full Metal Alchemist, Death Cowboy Note, Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, all the other amazing ones. So I want to give a big shout out to them because without them, I probably wouldn't have as many loves for those shows as I do currently. Because right. I remember, yeah, that was what Tom was the host. And it was cool because the more you watched it, he had like his own little show going on where he like evolved. I remember he kept getting like Just bigger the, and badder. They took him away. I forgot something happened to him in show and then they brought him back as Tom 2.0. It was something, didn't, wasn't there like a weird like space entity that was like corrupting his ship or something? Something like that. He was getting sucked into like a black hole or something. Talk about nostalgia for But it's voiced by the same dude who does um, Spike from like Cowboy Bebop oh, too. Okay. So that's why his voice has always been iconic. But other than that, excellent piece of news. There, man, do excellent piece of news. I've just been playing Elden Ring, as some of you guys have seen. I put it on the channel, some of my gameplay, trying to stream it as much as I can when available. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. But also, I've been playing Call of Duty, leading more up into the mid-season update. And again, I hate the game, but I love to play it. The gameplay is just so addicting and good. A lot of cheaters, a lot of bullshit in there. <laughs> but I'll toss it over to you. Oh, um, as far as what I have been watching um, on Amazon Prime. There's a show called Reacher, which is based on the Jack Reacher, uh, the Jack Reacher uh, books that are written by Lee Child. And there was other movies that starred Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise in it. So now they got a show out with Alan Richson, who is a huge guy if you've never seen him. But if you haven't, go check him out in Blue Mountain State where he's hilarious. And he's recently been on Titans. But because I don't read the books, but as far as I, I've gathered is... Uh, Reacher is supposed to be like a 6'5", like built brick shithouse. And when Tom Cruise played him, a lot of people were kind of upset because that's not him. You right. look at Alan Richton, dude. This guy is huge. So um, Denny and Dante actually turned me on to it. And once you watch like the first episode, you're hooked. I think I'm like four or five uh, episodes in. So that's what I've been watching. And again, that's on Amazon Prime if you're interested. As far as what I've been playing, uh, nothing new. Just more of Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, the game is... is Getting better and better the more I play it. Unfortunately, I haven't been playing it a lot because, like I said, there's a lot of people in town and the past couple um, of days have been eventful. But to me, I I normally streamline games, but when it's a big game like AC Valhalla or Far Cry 6, I go explore. I go look around and I kind of collect stuff mainly because generally there's like achievements attached to it. When it comes to, I don't trophy hunt on PlayStation. I generally play them for the story but if you're not exploring the world in the new horizon game then you're in my opinion you're 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 playing it wrong like you need to go explore a few things because like the tall necks for one are are extremely fun to try to do the cauldrons that let you unlock more beasts so that's what i've been playing if you have a ps5 because you can play it on the ps4 but if you've got a ps5 this is a must play game and i should be done soon i think i've got roughly maybe 30 or so hours into it, maybe a little less. So when it's done, maybe the, by the time we do the next episode, I'll have more to say about how I liked it overall. So, And I don't think that they have fixed it, but if you are looking to get it on the PS5, buy the PS4 version. It is $10 cheaper, and you can play it on the PS5. But you got to buy it from the app because the digital storefront won't let you. Right. So keep that in mind. So Hey, we just saved you 10 bucks. Oh, there you go. Now send it to me. 
Uh, so that is the end of what are we up to, guys. If you are up to anything, leave it down in the comments below. Let us know what you've been playing, what you've been watching, if there's anything we should check out. So with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main story, and that is Hogwarts Legacy was shown off at Sony's recent State of Play, which was on March 18th. It's about 20 or so minutes. This is the new game being published by Warner Brothers Interactive, developed by Avalanche, and coming to all consoles by holiday 2022. So before we get into it more, were you surprised at all when they they even said Switch? Like, it's a day one Switch game. That was the... Oh, was it? That's the only thing I wrote down on my notes because sometimes because I, I have a right of like including switch. Sometimes when we're doing shows, depending on what it is, and it's just more my opinion than fact. Craig he's got all his highlights, his points. Obviously, he leads the show. The one thing I wrote down is Harry Potter on the Switch. That was the most surprising thing because they did not talk about that at all. There's been no rumor of that. I've never even heard Switch been mentioned. So I assumed it was just main consoles and of course like PC. And well, because like. it looks huge. I mean, I mean, we'll dive into the game, but like. A game that big, generally, a lot of games will go to Switch. Eventually, a year, two years later, it'll be like, oh, we finally got Doom. But a day one for a game that looks as big as this right. trailer that we saw, I was super surprised. Most surprising thing of the conference. <laughs> yeah, so um, this game, I mean, it looks to me like the game Bully from Rockstar, if anyone remembers that or played it, mixed with like, I don't know, I don't want to say like a watered-down Skyrim, but like a solid action-adventurer, but mixed with those that Bully, where you still got to go to class and go to school, do your potions class, did it... Did you get any of those vibes when you saw it? Yeah, I kind of was thinking of that and almost comparing it to... I, I was thinking of, as well, some of the old... I can't remember which game it was, but there were Harry Potter games that were on the GameCube. I don't know if you ever played any of those, but you actually run around and you're supposed to go to classes and you collect like the, the cards and yeah. like, the, the... Well, I think the, I played them on PS2. I don't remember if it was on anything else. I'm, I'm sure it was, but I kind of almost... Pictured it like that. This was obviously done a lot better and looks a lot better. I was like, okay, cool. Because I always liked that mechanic from the old ones. That it wasn't like, okay, I'm just exploring and fighting these things. I actually liked going to the classes and doing yeah. whatever and like learning whatever about this world. I really enjoyed that. So it seemed like they really kept that here. And I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. So I want to read a quick thing from Polygon. The full article will be in there. And then we'll kind of dive <coughs> into it and explore a little bit more. So if you guys are interested in the game, here's kind of what it's about. So... In Hogwarts Legacy, the player character is a new wizard or witch, except they're starting as a fifth-year student. So the introduction will bring players up to speed on the game's systems it controls, as well as bring the character into the present story. That involves some sort of intrigue involving goblins and dark wizards. The tutorial stages appear to involve investigating a goblin rebellion with the all-new NPC Professor Fig. Later in the 15-minute trailer, a darker path was hinted at if players choose to pursue it. So the article does dive that. into it, but yeah, so what, once that... Once that tempo was set, um, I mean, the ending that it showed that darker path was instantly, I was like, oh, cool. Because if you About can time, do I a to, version yeah. of a wizard that is, you get to choose the path, I think it's that's that was very clever of them to add and not just make it a, a heroic moral story. You know what I actually liked that I thought was pretty, I, I guess maybe not clever, but maybe for the sake of the story, and they did mm -hmm. mention that in there, is that you are starting as a fifth-year student, but they say you're a late fifth-year student. So I don't know, and the way I'm taking it is, is I wonder if maybe you're old enough that they have to put you in the fifth-year bracket, but maybe you're just brand new to the world of wizarding, and they decide That's to let you win, yeah. versus... Okay, school started in September and I'm not getting in until December late. So I was like, okay, that's cool because now this person's gonna be asking all the same questions I am without seeming like an idiot or me being like, okay, you should know this already. Why don't you know it? Yeah. So I actually really like that because I kind of almost hate in a game where like you start something 
and your person has supposed to have been in this world forever, but they're fucking clueless about everything. It's like, I understand why I am. Why are you? Yeah, because one of the things, I mean, that I kind of took, I took it the same way because I think some of them were calling him, like, the new kid. So it wasn't like they knew him from year one through four. Right. And he was late to start his fifth year. I took it as, yeah, he's brand new into this world. So it's, the biggest thing we kind of take away from this uh, state of play was it did show us a lot of new things and what to expect in this game because that was kind of the biggest question is like what's the story going to be about how does the you know the schooling mix with the adventure and one of the things that you know Andrew says is you're a fifth year student I they kind of showed off in the beginning like the character creation I like so I like that it's completely um, customizable and you know you're not just playing a, a built already protagonist you're, right you're going to make your own. Um, he, one of the things they said is like his kind of interaction with all this is that he has a special connection to like magical artifacts, and that's kind of what his you know his lore of the character brings around. And I was curious, is it more like he can wield certain things that others can't? Can he can he pick things out that others are unaware of? And uh, the biggest thing that I liked was the game is set in the 1800s, yes. which thank you because it expands. Take a the note, universe. Star Wars. Yeah, it doesn't trap it with Harry Potter. It doesn't do what Fantastic Beast does and slowly just revolved around Dumbledore. Now, that's not to say that Dumbledore m may not make an appearance, but it, it definitely can't be Dumbledore-focused because if it's the late 1800s, Dumbledore was born, when I looked it up, in 1881. So even if this is 1890-something, it's plausible that Dumbledore would be there, but he'd be 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, whatever year they pick. So I like that this is a whole new universe that expands on the lovable universe that we, you know, that we love. And I don't know, I, I thought that was one of the coolest parts. It's like, grow the universe. I think what I really liked about the presentation, too, that they showed is that I don't know if it's randomly going to choose it for you or you can choose, but you're not set into a predestined um, class. So you could be Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, whatever, and it was showing off the different areas or whatever. So I'm like, cool, because I don't want to be stuck as just Gryffindor. Everything's always on Gryffindor and Slytherin. I would like to... I, I personally would probably want to go Ravenclaw. Well, do, you I think, think, this. do you think it, you get to pick... Like, when the hat goes on, you get to pick it, or do you think they are going to randomly select you? I would like if they would let you choose your own thing, but I would like that maybe when the sorting hat gets on you or something, and maybe it could be, like, old way of doing it or whatever, maybe ask you, like, a few personality questions or oh. something like that. So based on your personal responses, this is where you would really, like, fit in But or at the end, like you, could, you could default to what you but want. But if you but wanted that, to yeah, be like someone that. else, I think that would be cool. I like that. Some characters and some mannerisms. So... Um, the character creation looks cool. The 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 plot and the timeline looks dope. The another thing that they were showing off is you finally get to know what like the the villain's gonna be. And once they started showing that it's like a goblin who looks pretty crooked, I loved it. I'm like, okay, cool. It's not just another bad wizard. It, this right. is a goblin rebellion. And if you guys are familiar with the story and uh, the books at all, you know one of the biggest things Voldemort always kind of underestimated was the ability of magic and other creatures you always saw humans as like the superior but when you take like dobby and elves who can do it the fact that the because what was the battle when the goblin shoots the spell at him and he pulls his hand back and then like force Locks blast it. him i was like dude awesome way to think outside the box and give us something because now we're gonna learn more about goblins we have to i'd imagine uh, yeah besides the fact that they just work at fucking green gots the bank and that's <laughs> yeah. it yeah um the biggest thing that they were showing off is that it's going to be schooling mixed with adventure and they kind of start off saying you know you're going to be doing all these classes you're going to be going to potions you're going to be going to um what was some of the other ones they did like transmutation and all that stuff they and even showed off like the dueling class the dueling the, class the thing, dope. Yeah. yeah that the the thing raises up that like harry and malfoy like fight on where it's just like that straight balcony yeah. i was like that's cool and i then, like that they bring in that like classic mm -hmm. 
mix in with fighting people, but there's, like, the proper, like, wizarding duel versus, okay, I'm just juking left and right and doing right. whatever. Yeah, because, yeah, because, and then it goes into, like, the exploration, so I'm curious if it's going to be 50, or how do you think it's going to be, like, 50-50, you, you know, because obviously the beginning of the game has to start you in classes, because they've been showing, like, it's going to be, like, in a real time setting, like, you know, if you, X, X amount of time goes by, it's going to be snowing, it's going to be spring, it's going to be fall, so I'm wondering, how big is the game, and is it going to, like, would it be something like... That you can just continue to play without progressing the storyline. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. What I do want to say is, like, from what they did show about it, like, I, I and coming off Elden Ring, I think Elden Ring, it's hard not to compare anything to that because this kind of does try to show, hey, it's open here and here, whatever, blah. It looks a lot better than what I thought it was going to Definitely. be. Definitely, yeah. Leagues, but I had no expectations for this except for, like, low because we haven't heard anything. It's been supposed to be shown however many times due to whatever, I had no expectation. Low, low bar, low bar. And seeing this, I was like, you know, this looks a lot better and feels a lot better than I thought it ever could have for me. Yeah, and because once they started showing off the combat, I mean, that's one of the things you got to take away from this is I was curious, how are you going to make dueling fun in a game? And once they started showing all the different, like, spells you can cast, that was awesome. And then it's like, oh, do you not want to focus on that? Do you want to be more potion-y? And he starts, you know, drinking a potion and getting something like, oh, that's cool. Oh, do you want to be more artifact-y? And, he, and he's using different things and he turned invisible at some point. And then he was doing, what was the point? I think he was summoning monsters. He had like yeah, little something like that, so, yeah. like, so it's not only just a wizard dueling the whole time. There's different ways to play it. And the fact that they were able to come up with creative ways like that, I was like, awesome. Like, this is, looks like it's going to be a, this RPG has everything I want. And the fact that you can take combat in different ways is icing on the cake. I feel like this too could almost be like a foothold. Like, okay, here's this game that we're going to do that's uh, open world, uh, however loose you want to use that definition for whatever. We're going to make this game. It's going to be great. I almost wonder if this could be like a foothold for like an MMO. Oh, see, and I think that's what a lot of people were thinking. When I was talking with Chet, he's like, you know, I thought this game was going to be an MMO. And if this is the groundwork for it, I mean, I could easily see him spinning it off. Hogwarts Legacy Online and it right. has, I mean, this thing looks like it has that potential to do that. Yeah, that, I was say, based off the foundation for what they have, I feel like that would be the next step to do, and not like a sequel game. How that will play out, we'll see, because I obviously got to play the game right. first, but based off of what they're saying and everything, I feel like that's a logical next step for this sort of, uh, what they're doing. Yeah, and one of the, the things that I liked that they were showing was like, I mean, like any good Harry Potter, you got to have your Ron and Hermione. It looked like the companions are going to play a bigger part than what normally I would have thought, because... It was saying depending on who you take as like your cohort or your friend, it's like that you can learn new abilities based right, on yeah. who you're friends with. So I'm curious if it's like, do I have to do multiple playthroughs? Like if I get this person, am I not able to get B and C? Or do you think it's going to be open and I can befriend all of them? Because I, I, it'd be hard for me to imagine that if you're House Slytherin, that you're teaming up with someone from Ravenclaw's like your best friend. You never know. That might be a thing because I feel like that's really only kind of Harry Potter. It's weird because it's only the movies that like establish like you have to be friends with whoever. But when it comes <laughs> to like dating, they're oh, they're dating outside their houses all the time. <laughs> that's an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, do you think there'll be any dating in this game? Because you're a fifth year. I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe I don't see why not. There wouldn't be, or maybe like some sort of like romance or something. May maybe not. That might be like a sequel if there ever was one talk or something like that. But I, I, w I wouldn't mind it. I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, anything else on the dating? No. <laughs> the other thing I liked, if you guys are familiar with the books, is they explore a lot of things in the books, like the like the kitchen and things past like the Black Lake. Because at the end of the state of play, you get 
there's like behind the scenes with the creators and they dive into like showing you're gonna be able to go places that you've never seen in games before and i thought that was a really creative cool idea it's not something like any of the other harry potter games that even though you know it's there it was locked like right you'd never be able to get to it the fact that they're showing that yeah you can go in the kitchens and learn that elves are the one like when they're at the feast, all that food pops up. It comes from somewhere. There's elves back there making it. This is going to explore some I never some thought lore. about that, and that was the first thing. I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of weird because... You thought it was like it, Peter Pan and imagination made it come <laughs> come together? Maybe, because I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, Hogwarts is just using these slave elves to, like, well, make the all this shit. In that book, it's a whole big thing that Hermione tries to get rid of, because she looks at it as, like, a form of slavery. slavery yeah. And um, so I'm, it's going to be interesting that if they touch on that at all. I, I, I would like that, and who knows, maybe they'll lead the Elf Rebellion with the Goblin Rebellion or whatever. I did, like, um, I forget the name of it, because I didn't write it down, but the name of the um, the house elf that helps you, it's cool, because it looks like they're going to be taking a lot of things that we love. Like, it didn't look like they are like they missed anything. Like, I, I loved everything that I saw. It really, I, I again, I, I can't, I, I don't want to overpraise it, but... I'm just really oh, I'm glad. I, I'm really glad that they just didn't go the direction of Star Wars. Like, okay, let's fit. Like, we got to put this all around the child and the whatever. And I hope that that doesn't. That's not what this turns into. Is oh well, you're playing as like the descendant of Lily and James Potter and or what the fuck ever. Oh, that would be stupid. It's that. like I just love that this seemed like it's its own thing with its own time without trying to be bound by anything but the basic rules of. Here's Hogwarts, there's a wizarding world, and there's a human world, and then there's all these other creatures and whatever, but that's it, just go. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I because I, we had someone ask us a question last year, I think, of like one of the most hyped games you're looking forward to. Back then, my answer was, I think, Hogwarts Legacy. Now it's even, it's tenfold. I, I mean, it, ooh, excuse me, in my mind, this game looks awesome, and um, I don't know, was there anything else you wanted to touch on at all? I mean, combat looks good. The world is obviously well established. I mean, I, I love the fact that not only are you fighting these dark wizards who look like they're teamed up with this goblin, but all the beasts they were showing too. I mean, all the big monsters, all the dungeon diving, all the puzzle solving you have to do. It just seems like it's got everything that I want, and I could lose 80 hours in this game. Yeah, it did really kind of make it seem like it is like a world. It's not one of those games where you're just shuffling from like A to B and now you feel segmented. It feels like almost like, okay, I could wander into there by accident and it makes sense that this like fits in this cohesive puzzle. And that's personally what I appreciate and like more than anything. I wish they would have showed the map, like an overlay of the map. I want to know what it looks like. Is it going to be like Horizon? That has a thousand different things on it that you can go find? Is there even a map? You know what I mean? Is right. it just like a little hub that will just kind of show you where to go? I don't know. There's... For what they were able to show off, I think they did a lot. And I'm really glad that Sony did it. Because a lot of people were scratching their heads. Like, why is Sony doing a state of play on a third-party game? Especially when two weeks ago or a week or so ago, they did an all-Japanese-focused uh, um, state of play. But this, they could have Avalanche and WB could have launched this on Twitter with the trailer. And eyes would have seen it. The fact that Sony was like, hey, here's the first big look at this game... I mean, I think shows me that they're extremely supportive on it. I mean, I don't know why you waste a state of play on a third-party game, but it brought eyes to them. I mean, I can tell you for sure what it's all about is that it's going to be that mindshare. It's just like Call of Duty. When they show off a trailer for Call of Duty, a lot of people see that PlayStation logo. There's a lot of people that aren't gamers, and there's a lot of people that might see this for the first time and be like, hey, I'm a Harry Potter fan. Maybe I'll try this. Is it? Only they only show the PlayStation logo at the end of it, so I assume it's only on PlayStation. I gotta get a PlayStation for it. I have a PlayStation 4. I'm gonna have to do it on PlayStation. It's that mindshare is what that's I all like about. Because that, yeah. no matter what the, you know, there's a lot of drama and other things going on like behind the scenes with Harry Potter as a series, this game's going to come out and it's going to sell gangbusters. Like, it's, it's 
it's not going to be something that just came in unless it's a terrible game. You're right. It's not going to come and go. This is going to be something that comes out and it's going to be everyone's going to be talking right, about. Which would be it. hard to imagine. So, is there anything else you want to talk about the state of play? I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. I, I loved it. I thought it was, it was the best ones I've seen in a while. Yeah, it was a really good one. It was a good amount of time. Showed me everything I needed to know and more. And it felt tight. Very, very tight. So, guys, if you watched it or, or uh, leave us down below your thoughts on it. And if you haven't, the link will be in the description if you guys want to check that out. So, uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, we'll move into our second main story. And that is all about Elden Ring. Elden Ring right now is huge if you're into gaming every meme every video i'm seeing popping up is about elden ring and i'd say that this game was highly anticipated we all had high hopes big expectations you got george rr R. martin attached to it but i'd call anyone a liar that that thought it was going to be as big as it is i've been the biggest advocate from anything from software this whole arm that i'm doing is all from software related tattoos and i didn't think that this game i thought it'd be popular i thought it'd be good Sekiro won Game of the Year, so obviously it, as what that means is a critical darling versus competing with everyone else in sales. You know, Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty, those things are beasts. I never would have thought in a million years that this game would sell the way it's doing. It's insane. Yeah, so what we want to touch on here, and this article um, <coughs> you can find in the description is from Ars Technica, and the headline is, Putting Elden Ring's $12 million sales in context. $12 million. It's insane. And under it, it says, From Software's latest is matching the sales pace of GTA V and Cyberpunk 2077. And Andrew and I were talking earlier, like, that's insane to think about. GTA V is one of the three best-selling games of all time. Cyberpunk 2077 made its, I think, all of its money back in pre-orders. Or in the first, like, 48 hours, it made all of its money back. And... The crazy thing is, those are established IPs. Cyberpunk, even though maybe it wasn't a game, was a tabletop game. It, people it, know what it was. Everyone knows Grand Theft Auto. Had a background, yeah. Elden Ring is a brand new IP that is from a very capable studio. But this thing is coming out of nowhere. Um, the big, the, What I wanted to point out on this article says, 12 million worldwide sales as of March 14th, which is just 17 days after the game launched. Like, that is ridiculous. Well, I mean, what were you thinking the first time you were... I mean, you're reading this on the last two weeks. I mean, as I've been playing this game, I completely understand mm -hmm. it. This game, to me, it, despite some of the flaws it has, is an absolute masterpiece. Like, I'm just dying to play it all the time. I'm absolutely loving it. But seeing this... That's 12... Like, let's really put it into context. That's 12 million in 17 days of a game that most people deem too hard that it's not accessible this is not a call of duty this is not cyberpunk there's no easy setting there's no sort of mode or anything like that this is a game that make them or break them you can either play it and beat it or you just can't you keep on trying until you do and it's selling gangbusters which is crazy that's the craziest part of it yeah so i want to jump into this because this art well, the reason i like this article is it has a few different graphs that pop up showing like what it's doing so the first one is showing elden ring versus previous FromSoft titles which are demon souls dark souls one two and three bloodborne and sekiro and just looking at that chart alone like those games did well i think dark souls 3 sold the most out of those but Elden Ring is just trampling them in terms of how A, how fast, and B, how much. Um, the article go continues to go on to show Elden Ring versus other open world hits. So what it's comparing is Elden Ring to uh, Breath of the Wild, GTA V, Skyrim, Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Red Dead Redemption 2, and GTA 4. Now, these are some of the best sellers of all time, and Elden Ring is now in that conversation. And 
From this one, worldwide sells uh, millions by number of days since launch. It's behind three of them. I think it's behind GTA 5, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Cyberpunk 2077. So that alone showing that Elden Ring is capable of competing with the best. And the final chart that it goes into is Elden Ring versus other open world hits. So again, the the who it's competing against is is about the same, but the fact that it's you know standing next to these titans, these big games that are you know it it's a rare gem when you get put into that conversation. I mean, welcome to the club. Elden Ring made it. Something else to put into perspective too. Again, for a new IP, it's the best-selling game of 2022, but it is also the best-selling game of the past year, only behind Call of Duty Vanguard. This game is only behind Call of Duty. Call of Duty sells gangbusters every year. It could be the shittiest Call of Duty, like what they just released, and it's selling gangbusters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just so it's so insane to think about, and I'm so hype. I'm so proud. Like I, it's, I think that there's no studio that deserves it more, and I hope that train just kind of like keeps going. Dude, good for them, man. Because Andrew mentioned it earlier. This is not a game for your mom or your grandma. This is a a, a people continue to. I mean, we're in a bunch of different game forums and chats. Everyone's arguing, make it easier, make it easier. And I'm glad that they have the balls to stand behind their their idea and their, their project of going, no, that's that's not what this game is. Buy something else if you do not want to play something that has a challenge to it. And the fact that people are buying it in droves just shows that, I, I mean, I'm just glad that they stood behind that kind of ideal that they had when they first started these games with Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Sekiro, which one game of the year. I mean, it's it's... I mean, I think you already said that it, it's your game of the year, but I, if this game doesn't win game of the year, it's easily in the in the in the runner up. Yeah, they released a statement. He came out and said, like, you know, I'm sorry that if you can't beat this game, I, I, I'm just, of course, like spitballing. I can't read for word yeah, for word, but um, you know, I, I'm sorry if you can't beat this game, and maybe it's not for you, whatever. But I'm not going to compromise. But you know, this is what I want to make, and it, it is what it is. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know where it goes from here because my imagination only tells me that higher i mean it's I mean, high, higher i mean i don't know it, it's gonna be really interesting to see because this is what it was 17 days after launch i want to know what happens you know 60 days from launch i want to know is it like a i don't want to say fluke but like is it just the bomb launch and everyone bought it that bought it or is this game gonna have legs and in 60 days six months people are still going to be buying because you look at the charts sometimes when games sell like people are still buying grand theft auto 5 it's like who didn't already have Grand Theft Auto V? Who's still buying this? So I'm curious if Elden Ring is going to stand the test of six months and go, and people are still going to be getting on and still playing it. Because it looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's more to do in it than just play the narrative. Like, you can get lost in this thing and never touch the storyline. It's exactly what you were talking about earlier. Like, this is the kind of game, like, you're playing it and there's a story to do whatever, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not exploring the rest of this world because you're missing out on so much that's there. Excuse me. And so much that's optional. And, uh, again, it, it's just crazy to see these sort of numbers for something like this. Would it, would, it, would it be fair to say that it's got kind of almost like a Skyrim appeal where there's just so much more to do than just... Because like, you get quests in Elden... I haven't played Elden Ring. This is Andrew's wheelhouse. And is, do you get side quests and stuff, like, in the abundance? You, it's just like Dark Souls is. Okay. Like, you can talk to a person. If you don't talk to them, you'll completely miss whatever. There's no... The only guide you get in this game is when you go to it's a, the controller go <laughs> they they call it um sites of grace in this game but it's essentially the bonfire from dark souls 
it'll have kind of like a golden light showing you in the direction you kind of should be going in. But if you were to come to a wall or something like that and the light's going through the wall, it's not going to tell you how to get around it. It's not going to tell you how to get through a gate or anything like that. The rest of everything else is for you up to figure out. It's just got a vague guide of kind of where to go, and that's it. It's a game where you're, then you're not skipping any dialogue. Like, you, you need to look, look behind every nook and cranny, and if someone's telling you something, you need to, like, remember it or you're fucked. Right. Pretty much the first person you meet in that game just tells you you're fucked and that you're useless <laughs> and there's nothing to do for you because you don't have a maiden and then you, after exploring it, it, it gets into, you know, how ever, I don't want to ruin the story for anybody, but I'm loving it and I think that... Plug your Let's Play. The, uh, check it out. I've been playing it. I I'm going to keep playing it more. I try to stream as much as I can, but... Again, I'm also playing it on the side when I can't stream too, and I mean, sorry if you miss out on whatever. But right. So I mean, I'm sorry it, that I keep saying whatever. <laughs> hey, I, it's whatever. Um, I, I mean, I, I got nothing but praise for these guys. I love that they came out of left field with their, their new. I mean, everyone likes Dark Souls and all that stuff, but like the fact that this game is blowing up. I mean, great for them, man. Oh, I do want to add too, and again, as as a part of how this game is selling, there's promos and stuff like that out there for this game there's marketing for this game but it's not call of duty marketing where they're shoving it down your throat or anything like that this game just has your basic average marketing i feel like i feel like i see a commercial and i'll see a trailer but i i don't remember seeing one at like the fucking super bowl or something like that <laughs> so it, you know with a little bit of marketing and uh, maybe mostly good word of mouth and again they just proved that they're one of those studios again for me they're one of the few that no matter what they announce as their next game and what they do I'm already going to buy it day one without even having to see anything because their track record has just been nines and tens, nines and tens. Yeah, and I feel day. like I feel like that's a company that earned your pre-order. You know, a lot of people they do these pre-orders and these companies give you half-cooked games. This one, I mean, I know it had some issues, but like it launched nearly perfect. Even when it had problems, it still wasn't anything that. The, it the game twenty <laughs> and I mean, even the critics have spoken. I think this game sits at like a ninety six right now. I think it's like the third highest rating game of all time, and it was sitting at the highest rating game of all time at one point. Nice. So, um, I I love it, guys. Check out Elden Ring. Is there anything else you want to touch on Elden Ring and its twelve million dollar worldwide sales? If you've been waiting on this game for a sale or anything like that, don't just go get it. Spend the money. It is absolutely worth it. This game is insane. Yeah, be part of the uh, solution, not the problem. Uh, so if you guys have any thoughts on Elden Ring, leave it down in the comments below. So generally we get into riffs where we kind of, you know, do some other highlights just so it brings it to your attention. But since we've been gone for a week, I decided to let's skip riffs because we've got a couple questions from the audience that I wanted to tackle and I wanted to make sure we didn't go over time as sometimes we do. So the first question comes from Tim Lazoya and Tim Lazoya is the owner of The Wasteland, which is our local... Shout out to uh, The Wasteland. Yeah, our local card shop. They do D&D. They do um, all kinds of magic tournaments and things like that. So check them out on YouTube as well. They do box openings and, and they do Let's Plays and things like that. So Tim, shout out to you guys and The Wasteland. But his question comes and says, uh, Pokemon is still very focused on children. When it comes to the card game, at least, it is very much a concern of theirs. How would you make the separation for more serious content from Pokemon in either the video games, shows, cards any or all but my, my first like response was because pokemon by name you know you could keep it the same but if you just called it pokemon like x and then that was the the, the marker going oh this is the adult version that might show blood in a pokemon battle but then i was thinking i'm like well all the cards are named like sun and moon black and white so i don't know if x would stand out i mean off the top of my head that was what i was 
thinking of? Is it, Do you have any idea of how they could maybe separate the content? I don't know how they could separate it, but I think I'd mentioned this a little bit before mm-hmm. that if you watch and they don't promote it as much as they should, even though it is great content. If you watch some of the stuff that they put out on their YouTube channel, like the Pokemon Origins and some of that stuff, if you're watching it, it is a lot more mature than the cartoons that used to be on TV or the ones that they still promote all the time. When you see the new cartoon with the kids or whatever, it's still a kid, but it is a lot more mature, especially with the Pokemon fighting and the things that they're encountering and you know how they go about their day-to-day because even just watching like the base uh, it, the pokemon origins is the one that comes to mind the most like just the charmander and um i think it has like a squirtle when they're fighting and it just like latches onto its face and it's like a hard bite and like almost like a graphic bite like it looks like a real how i'd picture the fight to go and they've been doing that with a lot of their animated shorts i know me and him have we, we watched yeah. a couple of them and it seems like it's got a more adult tone that's I don't want to say not for kids, but maybe almost like how Adventure Time is. Adventure Time is a show that like a kid can watch, but adults can enjoy it just as much. Yeah, because I would say that you, I, I wouldn't probably see it in cards or anything like that, but a show, I mean, if it was called Pokemon something, then you go, oh, this is the one that I don't show my kids if they're too young. But for video games, I'd argue that they have been, and I don't know if it, they made it clear, because if you've played Pokemon Arceus... Right, that is not like Pokemon Red. I don't feel like that's a kid's. Ar- Arceus is dark. Yeah, that storyline is pretty dark. Once you understand what's happening and and people that are and who's betraying who in that and they're game talking about and Pokemon killing people and stuff yeah, like that all the time. It, start, yeah, it starts with them. And they're yeah. in a war with them, and they're the whole goal is to okay, how do we how do we evolve humanity? Because Pokemon run wild and kill people. There's there's Pokemon wars. So Arceus was a I think a big start, and I'm curious if the next one. Um, Scarlet and Violet, whatever it is. I wonder if they're going to touch on any of that stuff, too. I don't want it to go too dark, but I'd like for it to keep the tone that it did just keep with the with Arceus. I like all Arceus, of however that. you're so, going to pronounce it. I don't know. I would say, as far as the show goes, just label it something different. So as a, as a parent, you'd go, okay, don't show this to my child. But as far as the game go, I, I think they're, they are moving into more mature content. So, Tim, thank you for the question. And, uh, ooh, Melissa's online. Hi, Mel. Uh, hi Mel, hi sweetheart, and uh, Cordelia, sweetheart. <laughs> well, she, it's funny because she has a question that it's, it's coming up at the end. So my Xbox is on sometimes. So if you guys ever hear that beep, it's just and I always look over. It's just who's jumping on and it happened to be her. So uh, the next question comes from Sheila T and says, "Any thoughts on the Obi Wan show? Looks good, but maybe more of the same." Thanks. Now I've gotten to some a big heated argument. So my apologies to TK because I think he actually got mad. But I do want to set the record straight and say the show looks badass. The show looks dope. I will watch it. But I'm my 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 thoughts were I'm just over the goddamn Skywalker saga, man. Like how many more shows do we have to make that that squeeze themselves into this timeline that's only like 18 years? And then and then you do the new trilogy, <clears throat> which is like the continuation, which is another 18 years. It's like do what Harry Potter did. Move the fuck on so your thoughts on I'll, I'll go a little deeper no i'm not the same i mean it looks good and i'll watch it but i'm tired of this timeline like exactly move on i mean they already did that with the um the cartoon like they established obi-wan's not doing shit darth maul found him out in the desert fought him lost spoiler alert <laughs> and that's it that's all obi-wan's been fucking doing he couldn't have been doing anything else because otherwise how would that have not gotten back to darth vader who wouldn't go out there and fuck him up himself like why it, it just makes no sense why you're trying to fit all this into whatever if you're gonna do a timeline that does like okay obi-wan's here but we're gonna show what happened after the fall of the jedi so there's 
Darth Vader, but we have these other people that are hunting down the Jedi that got away or something like that. I could deal with that because the focus isn't Obi-Wan and Luke and Vader. It's on these other people that are like Jedi hunters right, and stuff. Yeah. I think that would be a cool idea. The which Inquisitors? Is, yeah, it, it kind of showed something like that. I think that would be cool. But if all that is just going to lead back to Obi-Wan and the focus on Obi-Wan, then I, I just... I'm over that period. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Because my biggest thing, too, and I, I think you and I were talking about it, is the the, the canon. Star Wars is weird, and they, one of the things was is that anything that's coming out in the cartoons, moving forward from point A, moving forward, is it's all canon. So the biggest thing with Obi-Wan on Tatooine is he fought Darth Maul. Well, we already saw that in Rebels. So And it was a weak fight. And it, was a, it was a weak, weak fight. So it's like, and I think it was me and you talking about it, right? It's yeah. Like, do you recreate it? Because in my mind, if you're going to keep it canon, it would have to be a scene-for-scene scene <coughs> reenactment, which that was a weak fight. I don't want to see Ewan McGregor fight him and it be some, like, lame Two seconds, fight. Yeah. So I don't. And then we were talking about, oh, do you recreate it? And now this is canon, and they uncanon that. So it's like you'd have to start going back on things that you've already said, which Star Wars and Disney have done. But I'd argue that the, the show shouldn't have been called Obi-Wan if the, if the main thing we're going to be watching is as inquisitors go slay jedi i mean i just obi-wan's the draw name but i mean why are we focusing on him stuck in the desert unless unless now they retcon it and obi-wan has been leaving tatooine and at that point they're doing like, what he's not even watching it, luke then yeah that it, so i don't know i'm again the show looks badass and when we get there maybe all these questions are answered but for me it's like do what, do what harry potter just did make something hundreds of years prior or past but move the fuck out of this skywalker saga so I don't know. That gets me a little heated. I'm, I'm not like, excited I'm for it, but I will watch it. Definitely. So thank you for the question. And anyone listening, leave your thoughts below. Uh, next question comes from uh, Frederick Spons. And he writes, uh, did you guys see the pics for the new Pinocchio? When I looked it up, it seems like there are two other movies doing Pinocchio. How does that work? Well, hey, did I you did see not the, know. Did you see no, it? No. Okay, clue. so the picture that he's talking about is this really like fine-looking picture of, um, like, it's, it's Tom Hanks playing Geppetto. And the Pinocchio looks just like the one out of the cartoon, like the same bright colors and all that. So um, the question, though, why are there other twos is this happens a lot. And I was talking with Andrew about it. Like, well, it's in, like public domain. Yeah, they just recently did this. They did. They did Jungle Book. There was Jungle Book, Disney. And then there was Mowgli that I think was done by Andy Serkis. The difference is when it's public domain, those the misconception is. They everyone thinks Disney made those movies. No, they just made them extremely popular. They didn't make up Pinocchio. based on the story. They didn't yeah. make up Peter Pan. They didn't do any of that. What they did is they took that story and turned it into a Disney version. So the public domain, I could make a Pinocchio movie if I wanted to. You could make a Pinocchio movie King if you Kong. wanted to. King Kong. What you can't do is use anything that Disney added. So for example, those last two Jungle Book movies, King Louie is a Disney IP. They made up King Louie. So if you ever watch a Jungle Book movie, there is no other King Louie unless it's Disney. The one with Idris Elba has King Louie in it, so that's how we know that it's the Disney that's one. The, we, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. that discussion the earlier. One. So, but why why does that happen? Generally speaking, when there's... Because these things get leaked all the time. So people in Hollywood, when they hear something, they're like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's make ours. Can we make one? Well, if we look it up and they go, oh, they're making a Pinocchio movie. Yeah, we can. Now it's free publicity because everyone's going to go, oh, the Pinocchio movie. If there's two, your every trailer they see, you know, for the uneducated or the unaware that see the Disney trailer, they might think it's the other one. So didn't they do the same thing with like Snow White or something? Snow White and I think Mirror Mirror was the other one. So it happens a lot with movies, like two movies that like what was the other one with Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx? Um, not not that movie we were talking about earlier, but like Olympus Has Fallen. 
and uh, fuck, what was the other one? There was another movie that sounded just like it that came out of the same, you know? Oh god, I'll look it up after this. But it happens a lot, and generally it's just, is it a cool concept? Is it a cool idea? Can we make it without getting in trouble? Generally speaking, they do. And there's always two things that come out at once. I think it's almost like, I don't know if it's Disney affiliated, but how um, Tim Burton did like uh, like his own version of like Alice in Wonderland. Those weren't Disney movies, right? Those were... No, those own. are Disney movies. Were they? Oh, I, I remember not liking them and I didn't think they were good, so I wasn't sure. But I was like, you know, he pretty much just took whatever and his was more based on the book. Olympus has fallen. What's the other one? Oh, God, don't hit me. If you're listening, leave it in the comment below. But, um, and again, that's me talking from an ignorant point of view and as much as I know. If you're, I mean, there's plenty of movie podcasts that I'm sure could explain that to the 10th degree, but that's just the basics of it, and that's genuinely what happens. Yeah, crash so, course. Yeah, so the final question comes from Melissa Segura, and she writes, Great show as always, boys. Miss those beautiful faces. I've been curious. Has there been a more recent game that you guys didn't expect to enjoy, but ended up really liking? Anything you played recently that you thought might have been worth a shot checking out, and then you're like, oh shit, I need to now finish this. Mm, you go first so the recent game that I played that I just was giving it a try because I think I heard someone else talk about it on a podcast and I think it came to Game Pass was um, Dodgeball Academia I believe the game was called when I looked at it I was like well this looks kind of dumb you know I I was like what are you going to do you're going to play it's going to be an RPG of turn based combat with dodgeballs started playing it I'm like oh dude this game is awesome this game has super uh, crazy mechanics to where you're on a dodgeball court can, with your team and you, it's a rotating cast of characters that you can switch that you're moving back and forth from and, and actually dodging the balls level like powering up attacks doing Kamehameha like hits uh, it's a little repetitive because all the combat is is a dodgeball match but I ended up enjoying it and I think I 100%ed it and got that thou but it was a really good game and I originally just checked it out because I heard someone mention it and it ended up being one of my favorite games that I played that year so as the quickest example for what I played I think at the end of last year that was one of them actually I do have one mine would have been that game I was talking about Record of Lodos um, D-Lit in Wonderland I hit the name and I didn't really like I'm not familiar with the series or the characters or anything like that but I played it just because someone posted a picture of it saying, hey, this art style is cool because I think the game was like kickstarted and it looks just like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And it pretty much is a Symphony of the Night clone. And I love Symphony of the Night. And this game played, the sound was good, the art was good. I absolutely loved it. And then I thought the story was really cool from like what I was learning. Obviously, I don't understand the whole thing because... I, I would have to go back and like I think this game is like a tabletop I game so too, too and like in yeah. like a book series and stuff like that. Right, you are it's, it's it's got all kinds of different things going on for it, but for what that was, I really enjoyed my time with it, and I would go back. I would have thousand it. I did as much as I could on the achievements. I just didn't feel like doing like the boss rush modes. I probably could have done that, but. I don't feel like going it, back yeah, to it. Yeah, it looked good. I mean, because I remember, I think you, I think you told me about it or something. But like, it's good to see a game that's fu- like a good clone of a game. Because th- a lot of people try to imitate things and they're executed poorly. This seems like a true spiritual successor to one of the greatest games. Andrew turned me on to Symphony of the Night. I mean, obviously everyone knows Castlevania, but I never played it. Played, I was like, dude, it's one of the best games I've ever played. It's cool to hear that there's a game that that is that is near that. Yeah, I was gonna say even if the game hadn't played well, it's a beautiful game that made me think um, why. I forget what his other game that came out, uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. He like um, instead of the two point five D or two D like what they did, he did like three point five D. Like okay, if this small Kickstarter studio could do that art 
for your game, your, you know, your Egovania game because you created that series, then why couldn't you? Not that I didn't like Bloodstained. I liked it and I thought it looked good graphically. I just have a more soft spot in my heart for that, like, um, Symphony of the Night look because it's a beautiful, beautiful game. And even if you go back and look at Castlevania Symphony of the Night, even some of the voicing and the way some of the, like, um, like menu stuff pops up is a little, I wouldn't say rough, but the art style for that game is absolutely beautiful. It still t- stands the test of time. So the movie was Olympus has fallen and white house down. Oh, I, you know what? I thought that Olympus was, Olympus has fallen. Was white house down? <laughs> was the fucking parenthesis. Why? I thought that was the second uh. part of the name was Olympus has fallen. White House Down. I thought that was the same <laughs> right? movie because yeah. it was Gerard Butler and it was just like, okay, that's the full name of the movie. Mm-hmm. People just call it Olympus is Fallen. Yeah, so again, that was to answer your question about movies that come out at the same time. So guys, that is our final question. If you guys are interested in submitting questions that we can answer on the show for you, do that down below on our YouTube comments or send us an email to lastcallproductions at gmail.com. So that is the end. Unless there's anything else you want to put a ribbon on. No, there is something else, though. So, of course, I wouldn't Uh-oh. be getting these without Uh-oh. getting something else to go with it. Oh, so you we do, dog. We do have some sake here to end the episode. You dirty I've never dog. tried it, so I, hopefully it's good. And if it's not, then it's not. Andrew was keeping this a secret from me the whole time. He wouldn't let me oh, look. Man. He wouldn't let me see. It's all right. Let's look it off the shirt, baby. Can't Ooh. really smell it. What, what is it called? This one, it's... Taiku? Taiku, Tiku, Sake, Junmai... Jeez. Ginjo's <laughs> Super Premium. And there was another one somebody's was, Somebody's grinding their teeth. There was another one that was like a white bottle of it too, so... Are we dropping it in? Yeah, that's why I told you at the start. I was like, oh, just take your beer. I want to do a cheers. Like, I was going to fake you it. You sneaky bastard. That's why I didn't finish the rest of mine. Like, I saved just enough to where I could pour some into mine and some into yours just in case. Pour some sugar on it? All right. I don't know if we've ever done a shot on the show before, have we? I don't think so, dude. That I can. That smells strong. Oh yeah, you're gonna be. You're not driving home. All right. Uh, was there a cheers or chant? A. I don't know, but this one goes out to you guys, and thank you for absolutely everything. I'll do Game of Thrones and say Valor Merculis. Valor Merculis. Uh, so guys, that is episode 125. My name is Craig Prowse. That. Is Manju Montemarin. Until next time, guys. Cheers. See ya. Every weekday at four, Cartoon Network is building you a better cartoon show. Every weekday at four, Cartoon Network's building you a better cartoon show. Every weekday at five, Cartoon Network's building you a better cartoon show. Every Every weekday at 4, Cartoon Network is building you a better cartoon show. Every Saturday night at midnight, Adult Swim is building you a better cartoon show. We call it. We call it. We call it. We call this. We call it. We call it. Tsunami. 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 Tougher than the best. Stronger than the rest. It's time for some ass kicking. All strong. All brave. Loves you, baby. 